Fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is Two-Headed Serpent. It was written by Paul Fricker, Scott Doward, Matthew Sanderson, and edited by Mike Mason. It's available at the Chaosium website. Our game master is Matthew Sanderson, and this is episode 13. Now for the recap. You're listening to WITV Radio. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. And Happy New Year, first episode of the new year. Matthew? Right, thank you very much, Tom. So, as we left it, everyone is waiting at the airfield, waiting for the Caduceus plane to come and collect them. And hoping that uh, Johnny is somewhere to be found. Well, there is no sign of Johnny at the moment. Jesus Christ, I hope he's not dead. I don't see how anybody could survive that blast that we just had. Yeah, somehow, though, he always seems to slip away and just reappear at the right time. Uh, I don't know how to... Well, I mean, he's, he, 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 he's smart, part snake, and he eats dead human corpses now, so... I think trying you know, to kill Johnny you know, is like trying to catch smoke. You're, uh... 
Yeah. I, Magnus, you didn't see. He was carried off by those night gun things. Oh, that explains why he was... Because I saw him climbing up behind me. And then all of a sudden, it was just Connor there. And I was like, what the hell happened to, to Johnny? But yeah, there you he go. Ended up flying off into the jungle. I don't know where. Hopefully, he went in the right direction. Yeah, well, that uh, explosion covered most of the jungle. So, I guess we'll find out. How long do we have? Uh, what's the ETA on the uh, on the plane? Probably been waiting about an hour or so uh, for it to turn up. And got a similar kind of wait um, coming up ahead of you. So it's probably filled by small talk unless anyone wants to go over anything in particular with the rest of the group. Well, now, everything behind us is on fire, right? Yeah, this, I mean, this great big, almost like crater and pillar of smoke about 10 miles wide going up into the air. Yeah. So probably everybody on this whole island is thinking there's been a volcanic explosion and they're going to evacuate. I don't know what. <sighs> now, Mittens is still in my backpack, right? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, well, that's, that's on the plane could be actually a good way to start learning how to how to meow in a certain fashion. Exactly. That was my next thought. Exactly. This is uh, this is just a matter of waiting. Um, I'm sure people are panicking. I'm trying to calm people down. Um, I'm just going to do some cleaning and maintenance on all my guns and stuff like that. Make sure they're not sticking and functioning properly as they should and stuff like that. Okay. Yep, so you have plenty of time to be uninterrupted. There are, for Rod's benefit then, yep, there are plenty of people here that are, let's say, concerned, worried that there's going to be some kind of eruption or some other kind of explosion that's fo uh, that follows this up. Because this would, this would have been seen for miles and miles and miles. Oh, yeah. Um, the military are kind of holding a lot of it together. But the, t the nearby town, uh, Rano, is, yeah, let's say, distraught as it happened right, just right outside their border. Um, you do see as time passes that there are a number of the ship's crew that start to turn up as they haven't made it out of the blast radius because they set up, um, set off ahead of you and had all the time to march out while you were doing your tests on the local populace and gathering people up to go, um, to go into the trucks and so forth. So they barely made it out alive, but they have made it out. So they come, uh, they come into the military camp and are right. also waiting evac playing as well well if, if we've got six hours to wait then i'm gonna sort of wander about but i'm wandering mostly on the side of the towards the destruction in the hopes that i see johnny come walking out of the, the jungle the the burning jungle yeah. uh, time time rolls on by and there is a trickle of people that do come out some of them in some pretty bad states of uh, being burned um some of them carrying other remains of others that haven't been so lucky. But you know, they, they do start trickling out, but none of them, thankfully, uh, showed signs that they're infected. So it looks, it looks like at least the infection, the yellow death is contained, but at evidently quite a high cost, considering the amount of people you saw that were there. Well, I, I did send that note down the ghoul hall and at midnight, I plan on doing the candle ritual to see if I can get in touch with Johnny. So All right. um, at least we're not completely out of options yet. We're probably going to be on the airplane when you do that. 
you know, we can't leave him here. We delay a couple hours at least. Six hour delay isn't going to make her. We did what we came to do. Well, we got six hours before it gets here, but we got to get Connor back too. Shit. Mm. Yeah, his his clock is most certainly ticking. Yeah. Well, well, Johnny we'll today. If Johnny survives. He'll he'll meet up with us somewhere eventually. If not, I wish him well wherever he went. The angel joined the angels. I'll spend the rest of the time trying to lay a baseline of communication down with Mittens. Okay, yeah, you can give me an int roll. 67 out of 70. Okay. Success, but not that good. Hey, uh, give me 1d10. 9. Okay, evidently uh, you and Pat have uh, quite an affinity. Uh, add 9 points to your list of languages under Cat. All right. Yeah. So yeah, you have a you have a basic understanding with mittens, having uh, communicated with him previously. Then you know uh, at least some aspects of personality that help get language across. And I was thinking about working on it with him. If we do two squares in the ground with a yes or a no, and maybe he could put it on the pause so he could start to communicate with other anybody else in the group. Yeah. Yeah, that works. That's an, that's an easy one, like or like pad twice the uh pad once for yes, twice for no. That's right, not... just something that the rest of the group, if they needed to get some rudimentary information exchange. Cat language. You're gonna have us learn cat language. <laughs> you know how crazy that's gonna look in the real world. Learning, uh, learning cat, but also being able to set up a rudimentary communication, like pad once for yes, twice for no, so you can. It can understand you, and therefore it can communicate back with basic responses to questions. Now, there is one thing that uh, we came up with last time that was for Magnus. I said, I'll get back to you. So here is me getting back to you. When you frisked the body of the serpent person, or what was left of them anyway, yeah. looking for something, I said, yes, you would be able to find something. Uh, but in the heat of the moment, maybe you haven't had a chance to have a look at it. You've just slipped it in your pocket and thought, right, I can put it away and come up with something, uh, have a good chance to look at it later. Well, here, yeah. here is your later if you want to have a look at it. It is, yeah, sure. it is a box made of what seems to be a very hard, dark, highly polished wood that's a little bit bigger than your average matchbox. And okay. Looking at it, it doesn't seem to have much feature apart from the grain to begin with, but if you turn it over in your hands and have a look at it, it looks like a very fine, intricately con uh, constructed puzzle box. And okay. giving, it a, giving it a small shape, there does seem to be something solid inside. Hey, uh, Adi. Yeah. Um, I picked this up off uh, the, the guy pretending to be Shapiro. Well, Snakey. What is it? Yeah. It's, it's I, one of those... Looks like one of them puzzle boxes. Do you know the things I'm talking about? The little. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the engineering on those is amazing. Yeah, but you're probably going to be a bit more uh, apt to. Uh, yeah, let me take a look. This thing. Huh. 
uh, it doesn't really have any features that you can see, except that you can tell that you yeah. can do something to it. <laughs> if you hold it up to the light, um, just holding it in your hand to begin with, it just looks like plain wood. But then holding it up so light reflects off its polished surface, you can see very fine lines of joins that are hidden amongst the grain. Not sure that my fat fingers are going to be able to do this. May it might take somebody like with a lizard hand. I don't know. Let's see. So I'm going to are fiddle with me, it. Are you telling me you want me to cut Johnny's hand off so you can use it? <laughs> well, your brother, when we get done with him. Oh, Connor will do it. Yeah. Oh, you want to have a fiddle around with it in your hand? Um, as you are our resident weird scientist, um, give me a mechanical repair roll, but you can gain a bonus dice. I got an 01. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> I've never got an 01 before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go then. Um, yeah, you, you just roll it around your hands, so you think, well, this, this is just getting the weight of it, but evidently your fingers push the right pressure points in the first few seconds. One click leads to another click, the top slides off, and inside you have what seems to be a small black marble. Um, given the way that it feels, um, doesn't seem to be made of glass, it seems to be more of a gemstone, it's probably obsidian. That wasn't that hard. What is it? Any writing know. on it? Hold on. No, there's obsidian's quite jet black. Um, there are very faint swirls inside as if there's there's a floor of some kind, almost giving it a very slight cloudy resemblance. Mm. But I, um, I don't see anything unusual. Is I, it feels like a stone. Hmm. Well, Apparently it's important enough to be put in this box. So I'll put it in the box and I'll close up the box and I'll put the box back in my pocket, if you don't mind. And we'll see, we'll add this to our collection of weird shit. Do some research on it when we get back. Yeah, see if the queen knows what it is. That's mm. what I was thinking. Although I'm still reticent to share everything with the queen. Well. What I've been thinking about that also. We can we'll still talk with her. I don't want to give her anything too vital, but let's just not what, be stupid, right? Right. And what oh. Magnus was also saying, Caduceus might not be on the up and up either. Exactly. Let's maybe not keep let's, you know, let's, let's keep some things to ourselves. But also let's be friendly on both fronts right now because who knows mm. what we don't even know what we're fully getting into. I'd rather keep your friends close and your 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 enemies even closer. Exactly. So, like you and Angel, if he ever shows up again, should stay right next oh, to just each other. Bloody kiss each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll just tie you together, handcuff the two of you together. You know, ever ways. We'll have to bloody glue you to everybody, Connor. Hey, Connor's cool. Well, you haven't he's got to watch out around him around the, the bad guys because he just shoots everybody. Well, he shoots the good guys as well, as long as someone's paying him. <sighs> yeah, you keep using these words like good and bad, like exactly like they mean anything. <laughs> All right, well, sure. just gonna sit around and wait. Right. Well, in which case, time passes. 
the plane comes, starts loading up with uh, provisions, also drops off various provisions here as well, various <coughs> medical supplies given what's, what's happened. Otherwise the pilot comes out of the cockpit, out the door, um, looks towards the, uh, the four of you, or five including them, and says, I take it you're the, uh, the team that I need to start getting back to New York. That is correct. Okay. Um, get your shit together and get on in. Right. What, <clears throat> what time of the day is it? It's coming up to like, sunset by this point, so it's late, late afternoon, early evening. Now, I'm going to make the suggestion that we should all be heavily armed and ready to shoot anything that comes at our airplane from More any direction. More than I normally am. Right, heavily armed, ready to shoot at stuff. Yep, that, that sounds yeah. like a Tuesday to me. I right. guess we're learning from you guys. All right. I'm, um, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take one last, uh, go to the edge of the, the village and yell, Angel! Just in case. Sound rings out. But Everyone that looks at him oddly, um, <laughs> I'm going to say he's very religious. <laughs> yeah, the, the pilot kind of scratches his head, uh, raises an eyebrow and goes, yeah, uh, evidently. Yeah. Now one of our team is missing. Mm -hmm. Hopefully he'll show up somewhere else on Borneo. All right. So I get on board. You know, I wonder if there's a way to arm the cat. <laughs> Uh, that's what I was going to say. When the explosion went off, it seemed to have cut the dream world off from Earth. I well, wanted, that's kind of what we were hoping, yeah. I'm thinking that the Night Gaunts and all the other critters hopefully went with it back to the dream world. Yeah, no, no. Does you know what happened? Angels in the dreamers. No, well, that's possible. It wasn't that blast that did it. No, it was, it was, it was when the machine blew up that we were in. Right. Remember? Right. Because we were climbing down the cliff and everything changed. Yeah. But the but Mittens is still here. So there could be a few still hanging around. But I think that blast they act like animals. That blast might have scared them off to, to hiding for until nighttime. Well, did you ever ask Mittens if Mittens was from the dream world or from this world? From, from the dream world. I believe we did. I believe he's from the dream world. Well, maybe okay. cats have an easier time going back and forth, so Mittens stuck around. Maybe. And maybe the Johnny. Said they, the ghouls said they can go back and forth, too. Right, and perhaps now that uh, Johnny's decided that he likes ghouls quite a deal, maybe he uh, can go back and forth now, too. Maybe he got sucked over to the other side with the, uh, with the night gaunts. The world's getting too complicated for me. Not saying a lot. Well, it doesn't have to be complicated. Odd, you you see something and then you shoot it. We've Simple. just simplicity. We've ju I take it apart much slower than that. Somehow I feel we've just scratched the surface. Oh God! Let's get this airplane off the ground. All right. Yep. The uh, the pilot calls back. Yep. We're all ready when you are. Make sure the engines fire up. And you take off down the runway without any without any issue and pull up into the air, nervously looking out the window to see if there's any anything black and faceless waiting out there. And thankfully, there is not. You begin that red line on the map heading back towards New York. Meanwhile, and several hours earlier, um, Johnny, yeah, you've been held by Nightgall, having just been having been ripped off the side of a cliff. 
and being held very tightly though it's, it's not enough it's not enough to do you damage but it's definitely a good old grip um so you can feel the claws having wrapped dropping. under you oh yeah now this this thing has got its claws wrapped around your uh kind of the underside of your your armpit so that if even if you squirm this thing has got like a almost like a circlet around you're not going to fall so you can I, see the oh, go I, if i pull i just want to try to pull a tiny bit and see if anything like if he cinches down or just give it a quick wiggle. Struggle. Nothing nothing to the point where I'm trying to get off this thing. But okay, yeah, if you, if you struggle, then it definitely has a little bit of time to, uh, trying to readjust. And you can see that it does pull down. Um, so you can see the canopy of the, uh, the Dreamlands Forest rushing up towards you. Oh, shit. I'll stop. <laughs> I'll just freeze up and hold myself there and just... Hold on to the gaunt claw. Okay, right. it's, it still keeps descending. By this point, it now goes through the canopy, or there's a break in the canopy. Um, you lose sight of the cliff completely, and it takes you right down onto the ground, dropping you about the last three feet, and then it's two massive legs thumping down either side of you, and its tail coming up, uh, writhing almost like a snake, and then starts to try and tickle you across, across your belly to immobilize you. Just swat it, swat it away. <laughs> yeah, it, before it can get purchased, even though this this barb looks very, very sharp, don't flail in the firm, flail to get it away from you. You hear rustling all around you in the undergrowth, and finally, this so this loud, really harsh crying meep. The thing looks in the direction of the sound, and then its wings extend and flap. Uh, shooting it straight up into the sky. Um, what follows next is quite a, uh, quite a blur, where hands and claws grab uh, grab either side of you and lift you to your feet, and you see Rachel and Lawrence um, quickly exchanging uh, exchanging words between them. But quick, we've got to we've got to get underground before that thing goes off. Oh, yeah, all right, lead the way. Okay. The yeah, they descend down into the ghoul tunnels, um, looking for a minute like they just dive into a into a bush, but then pull through into the hole beneath it, and you start sliding down this muddy mess of a tunnel, then turns to rock, and are almost dragged, pushed, and not beaten, but definitely unceremoniously pulled as quickly as they can carry you through the tunnels when it just gets darker and darker and more narrow and tight. Eventually, you end up being turned around upside down. That you can't even distinguish which way is up anymore. It becomes a very, almost nauseous experience and painful as you're being pulled and battered from one side to the other. Um, a rock hits your head, and everything starts to become very blurry and fuzzy. But not past to the point of passing out. But when you start to regain much of your senses and that all of that feeling of motion sickness finally dies down you find yourself seems to be what's laying down in a vast vast cave or some underground structure anyway there's just dark above you and solid rather uncomfortable material beneath you when you shift you can hear clattering as if you're lying on a carpet of bone yeah. and around you you can see that there is even so much a dim almost 
dim twilight where you can see the outline of the creatures around you, where you can see uh, Lawrence, Rachel, and a few of the others breathing heavily, evidently catching their breath uh, on their haunches, uh, resting their hands on their knees, bent over, gasping, saying, well, we, we made it, we're, we're safe here. Where is here? How the thing? The thing I just flew in on. I, it, um, the hell was that? The the night gold. They they can take care of themselves. They they can they can get out of there if they want to. If they if they don't, that's their fault. There. I, I wasn't worried about it. I, I was more worried about it killing me. Did you see its tail trying to? Uh, you probably probably wanted to immobilize you to take uh, take you off to feed back to its young to its young. Yeah, they have, yeah they're not exactly the uh, the nicest of companions. No kidding. I mean, there, there are a few of them down here, but they they keep to themselves normally in the, aban the abandoned cities. But you almost you almost speak like you can talk to them. Well, for a creature that doesn't have a mouth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rachel chuckles at that. Well, thank thank you guys for pulling me down in the uh, pulling me through the tunnel. That was uh, that was pretty really got me there in the, the end. But are these bones? Yes, uh, this is this is Panath. This is our this is our feeding ground. Well, so you just pull all, you pull everybody back here to you pull the bodies. They're not using them anymore. But they pull you pull the bodies here, and everybody feeds as a commu uh, community. Okay. Yep, they they all nod around you. Yeah, this is the uh, the bones of discarded centuries and millennia. Huh. Everything everything dead eventually ends up here. Yeah, at some point you're gonna have to sweep. Bones <laughs> here. Oh, in fact, well, mentioning that, you can give me a listen roll. Seventeen on. 45, so it's a heart. Yeah. Well, as you mentioned, that off, off in the distance, you do think you hear something big, but also something below you move and a rock fall and you know, crumbling sounds. They, it goes for a second, stop almost like, um, almost like a, a, prey, a prey that has heard a predator in the distance and just suddenly freezes. Then after a second, they they start to move again and nod towards you, saying, "Yeah, we we have. You could say we have a cleaner that uh, takes care of our mess down here, or cleaners." Are are we safe in this room? We, you obviously oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. eat here often, but it uh, looked like you heard something that you weren't too fond of. No, no, the the, the dolls exist on the level beneath us. Oh, the dolls. So they don't they don't come up this high. Dolls, with an S. Plural. Yeah, more, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they are a race. They they consume everything, and they've consumed every. They've consumed reality below this point. There is only void and oblivion below. Ah, well, I've heard that before. Like my apartment back in New York. Yeah, um, a voice comes from towards the back of the uh, party of ghouls. New York. Oh, there's there's a place I haven't heard of for some time. Oh, yeah, I have a have a uh, apartment there. Yeah. 
you can see that the uh, the rules are parting and there's this one figure towards the back which is coming forward. Uh, not one that you've seen on the surface, um, but dressed in kind of a raggedy, what looks like a raggedy suit and a, a bowler hat that's got a, got a hole in it, but definitely more ghoulish than the rest. There's very little human aspect of him left, but evidently the, the voice is tinted male. There's, uh, yeah, I haven't been to New York for a long, long time. He used to live in Boston myself. Hmm. Yeah. I, uh, looks like it's been a minute since you've been to Boston. <laughs> oh, time runs, time runs very differently down here. Uh, he extends a clawed, ha clawed hand, says, uh, they used to call me Richard up there. Yeah. What do they call you down here? Richard. <laughs> uh, yeah. Logic follows. Shake his hand. Yeah, shake. Richard, I'm Johnny. Ah, pleasure. So you're um you're new down here. I am. I just got my ghoul wings. Uh, I don't know if ghouls have wings, but uh, you know, yeah, just uh, you know, partook of the. Uh, you you take it taken the oath. Yeah, yeah. I went ahead and uh, I was a curiosity, you know. And obviously, I'm, I'm picking up a, a little souvenir, some kind of biological souvenir from every city that we're stopping in on this crazy trip. Uh, got a little snake hand. So that was that was nice. Picked that up down in uh, uh, the last place we were. Then, uh, yeah, down in Oblivion. And, uh, you know, now here I picked up a little ghoul action. So... I'm hoping everything, I'm hoping I don't have any kind of interaction between the two. I've got a whole war zone right here in my body. And he, he smiles again, this just row of sharp, some yellowing teeth. Um, leans forward and just takes this long sniff as if taking in, uh, your snent, uh, scent all over. Oh, um, have, excuse me, it's been a, we've been on the road. <laughs> he, he chuckles and shakes his head. No need to worry, no need to worry. You uh you definitely have the air of Mordignan's approval. So, yes, I, I think you'll, you'll get on rather well down here. Excellent. Well, it felt right. It just felt right. When it was dark, the darkness came over. And, uh, and uh, yeah, at first I was afraid, you know, but then yeah, it kind of, uh, it welcomes me. I always do it. The I always ran around in the dark anyway back in New York. And I'm sure when I get back, I'll do the same. But at least now it'll be more of a friend as opposed to uh, as a necessity. You wish to return to New York? Well, I'd, at some point I'd, I would like to go home. I, that, that's an option, isn't it? Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, he looks around. Um, if you want to head back sooner rather than later, let's say time is a little, a little more flows differently down here, shall we say. Um, I can get you close to New York. I can get you back to my apartment in Boston, or what was my apartment in Boston. Still? Well, there, there are ways and means. Okay, I like to keep the back door open. <laughs> Just in case I ever want to get some of my stuff there. Is that something that all ghouls can do? Is to have a, a, a I guess, a portal, if you will. Eventually, it's it takes time, it takes practice, it takes skill, but yeah, it's something that can can be learned. Most 
most traverse, although again, some like uh, a traditionalist, they, they hunger for home and consistency. So they like to stake out the territory and, and preserve it. Mm -hmm. Others, uh, he looks around particularly to, uh, to Lawrence and Rachel, uh, end up having to flee because their homes are compromised. Yeah, you'll have that. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, but yeah, yeah, I would like to go back to New York. And, and if you can get me to Boston, I, I can definitely just run up 95 from there and or, uh, some other roadway. I'm sure I can get back up to New York from Boston. Yeah, he's, he nods and says, oh, I used to do the trip uh, occasionally, so it's not difficult. I presume things haven't changed that much, depending on depending on what year it is up there now. Yeah. Uh, eventually, and he's, there's, there's some small talk that passes the way. Rachel, in particular, hangs um, close to you to make sure you're all right and saying, if you ever need me, then just call, and I'll, I'll make sure that I hear and I can come. The... Um... Do I just yell out into the air, or they call down it to a hole? Try if the closer you are to the ground, or at least some opening to it will help. But yeah, if you if you think of me, then I'll come. She right. again grabs hold of your arm somewhat protectively. You're a good egg, Rachel. Good egg. Yeah, she smiles and rests her head again against your shoulder as you walk. Maybe one day you can teach me how to meep. Actually, not definitely. We we can do that. Meep, <laughs> meep, meep, Rachel. You walk for what seems to be a good couple of hours across this seemingly never-ending field of bone. Um, off in the twilight distance, you can see occasionally what looks to be a st structures or pillars but only hinting at the fact that some kind of structure used to be down here. Um, as you mentioned about abandoned cities, there does seem to be somewhat long lost air about this place. And occasionally off in the distance, again, lower down, as if there's some vast pit just on the periphery of your, um, of your vision. You can hear this vast moving and gobbling sound as something moves down there and consumes uh, the bones of centuries long dead. As you advance further, you can see an edge of almost if you're in another another larger pit. But then there are holes and tunnels resembling the ghoul tunnels that you came in by, um, where Richard comes up to the entrance of one, sniffs it, looks back at yourself and gestures, saying, "If you follow follow this one, this should lead you to Boston." You got that from the smell. Smell is surprisingly nuanced. Huh. You'll, you'll find this. This, this will come in time. I don't know if I want to tunnel to New York if I'm going to have to find it by smell. <laughs> Place can get kind of dirty, you know. Richard, thank you. I'm going to... I'll head down the tunnel now. Thank you, Richard. Uh, we'll see you guys around, huh? I, I, does the same hold true for the rest of you? I, like, Richard, if I, need, if I need to ask you something, can I just, hey, Richard, in the hole? Yeah, if you follow the same procedure that um, that Rachel's mentioned, that can that can get my attention as well. Okay. Um, right, as as you shake hands with him, he pauses for a second, just holding onto your hand, as if he's is thinking. 
and then looks looks you in the eye. Um, smile some slowly disappearing off his face. Now some of us have a connection to Mordigian more than others. Some of us are imparted with the charnel god's vision and prophecy. When you get to when you get to my apartment or what's left of it, if there's if there's any of my stuff there, you might want to have a look through through some of it. There might be something there. There might be something there that was maybe meant for you rather than meant for me. I'll do that. And he, he shakes your hand, smile returns, and then gestures to the hole. I'll go down the hole. Okay. And you descend into darkness. Meanwhile, the rest of you, you're off the, on the plane. Again, no faceless creatures around you. Everything is nice and uh, nice and quiet on the way back. That red line bounces across a few different points before it finally does the long trek across the Pacific. Uh, probably landing to refuel in California for a while, and then heading further across uh, back towards New York. As you're crossing time zones, eventually midnight will crack. Uh, will catch up with you faster. Um, actually, no, because you're flying against the uh, against the time uh, time period. So midnight is faster. Yeah, yeah. So you approach midnight quicker than you would do normally. So as you uh, as time as you catch up with the relevant zone uh, comes. When Gerhardt tries his uh, candle, there is no response. So evidently, Johnny has not got a candle set up wherever he is at that point in time. Guys, I was just going to say, guys, he's not responding. We'll, I'll try again tomorrow night. He, he's not responding? No. To what exactly? Magic, uh, candle, magic. Um, candle magic? Yeah, candle magic. You That's know, candle new. magic. Not really, but it works. He I, I, I proved it to me. Did, did you do it at midnight for Borneo? Because if he's in Borneo, I did it at midnight Borneo time. Yes. Well, he's either dead or he can't. He's doing something else. He's I'll try it every, every night for the next few nights, and then once a week, or once every other day. Eventually, we'll figure it out. Well, if he doesn't show up in a week, then he's probably dead. Well, Caduceus is going to have a cleanup crew probably by within the next day or two at the island. I mean, what, okay. are, what are they going to clean up? I think that that bomb did a pretty good job. I think they'll just call it a natural disaster, and the government of Borneo will do whatever they can. I doubt that they've got any kind of resources, but it's not our problem anymore. We saved them from a fate worse than death. The yellow death. I now think the yellow death Connor. is death. Same fate. Unless, of course, you're me. And it's you know a big me. island. That could have spread everywhere. It's true, but you're saying a fate worse than death. But ultimately, the yellow death means that you die. Yeah, but you die slowly in, in, in goo. Eh, dying, death. That is dead. Well, you would know, wouldn't you? 
<laughs> oh, I have no intention of turning into goo, my friend. Well, let's get you back. And I say that that clock is a ticking. So after a very quick refuel in California and then heading cross country, you arrive back in New York. Um, yeah, it's got some of maybe being able to keep a uh, brave face on it, Connor. You're not feeling too great by the time you arrive in New York. Uh, however, you are met when you land um, by a white van with a red cross on the side where you can see some Caduceus uh, members are ready to collect you and pretty much get you straight on a beeline to headquarters where hybridization can begin. Well, gents. We're all going with you, aren't we? Well, we're all heading that way. I mean, the Queen's got to tell us what the hell to do, but... Oh, the driver Maybe. does say, yeah. Uh, the driver says there's plenty of room for all of you in the back if you want, but I... only uh, only one bed for uh, for our patient here. That's fine. We kind of like to see him vulnerable. It's not usually vulnerable. Oh, vulnerable, you say? Well, yeah. I... <coughs> Just lay there and shut up. Okay. Right. Oh, they gesture for you to get onto the bed, or at least onto the gurney, rather. No, oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. And um, once you're laid down, uh, you can see one of them, uh, one of the nurses, pulls out a long silver syringe, uh, squirts a little bit of fluid up into the air, and otherwise then rolls your arm up and, and sort of unceremoniously um, proceeds to inject you. No, oh, I watch her stick the needle in my arm. You might feel a little. She kind of cocks her head off to one side. It says, "Unusual." Um, as she does so, yeah, everything seems to get a little bit brighter in the uh, in the back of the ambulance, and her head just starts to turn 360 as you look, and the walls start to pulse as if they're breathing, and. It's like being lightheaded and almost drunk at the same time. I don't know what's in that needle, but it's one hell of a drug. <laughs> right. Right, so the, the four of you are taken off uh, at somewhat high speed, driven across the bridge back into, uh, back into Manhattan proper and through the streets towards uh, Caduceus HQ. Taken down... Um, down into a subterranean parking lot that then is wheeled out into the uh, the lower ground labs where oh. they rush Connor off in one direction um, the one of the guards on the on, on the door so it lets them through without any problem but for the uh, the three the rest of the three of you states uh, we'll take it from here with uh, with your friend now this is uh, gonna be some fairly fairly delicate procedures got to go through yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We're, we're home, so. You should be able to catch up with him probably in the next 24, 48 hours. All right. Uh, I'm going to go check my lab. Then I'm going to go hit hit the hay. Uh, yep, um, the lab is as you left it. Uh, so there's the, the viral analyzer you were working on. is still in there. 
otherwise the rest of your equipment's in there. There doesn't seem to be doesn't seem to be anything that's been touched or disturbed. So no one no one has been in here, it seems. I'd probably take a look at the viral analyzer and go, oh yeah. But but that's what the problem was. <laughs> Yep, having having examined the one that was work uh, that was working, yeah, you, you could fix this thing in no time now. Yeah, but I'm gonna go hit the hay. I'm 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 exhausted. Yeah. Gerhardt, you are you gonna come with me? Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. I'm staying at your place, so yeah. And you don't drive, so. Oh, so you you're going back to your place to sleep rather than sleeping in the lab. Yeah, I think so. Okay, right, so I know where you two are going. How about Magnus? Uh, I'm going to go drop in on uh, Alden's family um, and tell them what happened. And then I'll probably go and visit uh, my uh, mafi, mafia friends now. Ah, okay. Alden, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, the, the situation with, uh, with Alden's family is as you expect. <laughs> uh, they haven't heard anything. Well, in fact, they they weren't really aware that anything was wrong uh, to begin with. So the last they heard was that he'd head off uh, head off on the normal shipping run, and that he'd be back in about what's three, six, about six to eight weeks. So they are somewhat. Yeah, so explained to, yeah, explain to them that obviously we're on the boat, and um, then when we got to our destination, there was a. We didn't know, but there was an outbreak of something, and he got infected. And um, yeah, but basically, I tell them that if they need anything to, to I give them my number, tell them to let me know, um, and I'll do whatever I can to kind of help them. I don't want them to to go hungry because he's got kids and stuff. So yeah, mm -hmm. I'm I'm obviously yeah feel responsible for you know him being in the position that he was. Um, yeah. Yeah. Most most of the discussion then happens with his wife. Um, his, uh, yeah, his, his wife while the kids are left in the bedroom because it's fairly late night. Yeah. And she said, "I'll I'll tell them," but she tries to put as brave a face on it as she can. But you can yeah. see that she she evidently she's not going to take this easy. This is going to be quite hard for her to process. Sure. So you, you leave the yeah, place. I, is it... Yeah. I just reiterate to her that I'll be there for her if she needs anything. Yeah, she's like, she takes your details and so on, but you can see her hand trembling as she writes down some numbers. Yeah. And as you um, as you leave, she she kind of nods and again thanks you for for letting her know. But as you um, as the door shuts and you walk away from um, from it down the corridor of the apartment block, uh, yeah, you can hear her starting to break up a bit inside. Um, give me a spot hidden roll as you're leaving the building. That is a 50, which is uh, a pass, standard pass. Okay. In which case then, as, as you leave, um, you notice there is a black car parked on the side, parked on the opposite side of the road, uh, where the driver, I mean, he, was, he was there reading a newspaper when you turned up, he didn't really think too much of it. Uh, but when you see, when you come back out, he is looking out of the car and looking towards you as you emerge from the building. Um, evidently clocks that each other, you've seen each other, folds his newspaper down, gets out the car, 
and just leans up against the door and you know, waits for you to come over. What you do? Yeah. You look somewhat familiar. Or at least I'm surprised that you're here and, well, maybe not on a uh, on a boat somewhere in the middle of the Atlantic. Uh, you are Mr. Frost, I take it, yes? I'm one of the Mr. Frosts. All right. Uh, listen, I need to. I need to have a chat with your uh, with your boss. Can you take Can you take me to see him? Yeah, I mean it's the uh, middle of the night. I can get you to. Uh, I can get to Mr. Cassell without an issue. Uh, he extends a hand and says, uh, uh, "Fred, boy, Fred El- um, Elroy." Fred, yeah. it's going to be a long night. And with that sigh, he drives you off to a place that you've been to before in uh, in Brooklyn. Cool. Perfect. All right. Connor, when you're led on that gurney into Caduceus, the, the trip that you are having, where it started off a bit weird, starts to just go, frankly, batshit crazy. Whatever this stuff that they've injected you with definitely seems to be some kind of hallucinogen. Or whatever it's doing is definitely playing around with your head. The stuff that you see down there just does not seem to make any sense. Um, the walls again around you just seem to bend and contort. Some of them it's when you look towards them there's just blood running down the side of them. You pass by rooms that seem to be cages where there are mice the size of uh, horses. Um, others where there are statues of people which are kind of stood half uh, half made of stone, half uh, half still flesh. Um, one person with half a face made of stone, the other eye just looking at you, uh, twitching and crying, trying to the edge of the mouth quivering as you go past. Then other figures roaming the corridors that seem to be completely covered in scales, others that their flesh is melting off the side of them, arms coming off at different angles where they shouldn't be doing. It, it seems to be your your you're passing through some kind of nightmare, not really sure what's real, what's not, until you end, um, you end up being surrounded by figures in white masks looking down at you or the light above you. Um, one voice that does sound somewhat familiar, um, sounds like John Salves from when you heard him on the radio. Um, he nods towards you and puts a hand on your shoulder. There's, this is, this is gonna take time I need you to be strong, but you will pull through this. I promise you. Oh yeah, uh, uh, of course I'm gonna pull pull through this. Yeah, yeah. He nods and pulls up a syringe, which again he squirts. Says then, then hold on. And you feel a slight pain as he injects you again, in, this time in the other arm. And darkness wraps itself around you like a snake, that everything goes black. And it feels like you're floating in void. But all the time around you, that darkness itself feels like a snake that's gradually curling its way around every fibre of your being, gradually tightening further and further and further. Time passes, but how much it passes by at what speed is almost indeterminable. All that you can feel is pain as this crushing, 
constricting mass. Finally, it almost feels like you pop and the force passes through you and into, your, into the core of your being, feeling like a thousand snakes writhing around with inside your skin and slowly consuming every part of your being that was once upon a time human. Can I have a sanity check, please? Yep. Oh, I passed. 46. Oh, in which case, zero. Woo! Yeah, the dice save you tonight. <laughs> okay. And with that sort of calming realization that you, you don't freak out, that you, you're accepting of this, at least it's not, not something that breaks even more of you on the inside. That darkness slowly starts to lift and becomes a burning light shining down in, into your face as you're laying on that gurney. There's the clock on the wall reads a time it looks like, maybe eight, but whether it's morning or evening, it's hard to tell. But then a few voices around you that saying he's, uh, he's coming round. Gonsalves, mask down, now comes forward. How are you feeling? Uh, oh, just peachy. Just peachy. How long was I out? Looks at the clock. You've done pretty well. You've done uh, better than most, actually. Only, uh, yeah, only been about 20 hours. Oh. Oh, I thought I could do it in 16, guessing. <laughs> oh, hold on there, tough guy. You need to, uh, you probably need to take it easy for a few days, okay? Yeah, sure, sure. Just want to drink, drink plenty of fluids. You're going to feel pretty dehydrated for a while. Um, no go running a marathon or going sprinting anywhere. Just like I say, just take it easy. Take it slow for a few days. Um, we haven't got your team rostered on any uh, any missions as yet for a while we're giving you a bit of downtime so just uh yeah like i say take things take things nice and slow all right and as i get up i look at my hands they look normal yeah they look human perfectly normal but the only the only thing give me a spot hidden roll to see if there's anything that does seem a little out of play. 64 is a pass. 64 gets 68, so just barely. Just barely. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you take a little while the time, maybe as you get up and then start moving around, moving a little bit sluggishly. But to realize, yeah, it is actually quite warm down here. Your skin is bone dry. And uh, yeah, you're not a hint of perspiration, even with the stress that you've only been under. That yeah, you like the heat. Hmm. Well, all right. Well, is uh, the uh, doc? Is there anything that I should uh, expect? Hmm. Yeah, he he looks at you, looks you up and down. Says, "If you uh, if you stay out of trouble, then." Yeah, it shouldn't be anything particularly noticeable. Um, well, define trouble. It's, um, if you get into any scrapes, if you get into any uh, any harm, you might start to see some changes. But 
for the moment you should be you should be fine just don't go uh stepping in front of any cars and getting run down or or have any problems with lead poisoning you get you get my drift yeah 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 if you keep keep your nose clean you should be able to uh should be able to maintain that visage without without any difficulties. Obviously, if it becomes a little bit more of a problem down the line, we have we have steps that we can take. But uh, let, let's cross that. We'll hopefully, never have to cross that bridge. He he just smiles with a slightly nervous grin. And I'll I'll smile. Not back. Hey, good good. Like I say, yeah. Yeah, just uh, don't go doing anything silly. Right. Would never dream of it. <laughs> now, let, let me show you out. And he takes you up a back stair, which then gets gets you back up to the main lobby. Oh, so it takes me out a different way than the way I came in? Oh, yes. That is one thing you do notice. You do not go back in, uh, back out the same way. So I don't get to go back through the scary tunnel. Well, uh, again, depends on how much of it was reality, how much of it wasn't. You're not, still not quite too sure. At least the walls aren't pulsing or bleeding. But give me a listen check as you uh, as you leave. See, 25 is going to be a hard success. Okay. Yeah, in which case then, just as the, uh, the doors to the stairwell uh, closed, Pretty sure, sure you do hear a distant scream coming from some coming from somewhere down there in the in the Caduceus basement. Oh, lovely! Not that I care too much. It's just good to know. <laughs> Fun fact to tuck away. Mm -hmm. Right. So twenty hours are passing. Uh, we'll cut back to Johnny as you're climbing your way up through the dark. This, again, takes an inordinate amount of time. You're not too sure how long, but eventually your hands in the, in the darkness clutch onto bricks and then what seems to be concrete. And finally, your head bumps against what seems to be some kind of trapdoor. I'll open up the... Yeah. It opens up. Um, thuds against the wall, and you seem to be in some kind of basement. Hmm. There's various boxes and sheets covering things around here. A nice layer of dust, as if no one's been down here for quite some time. Just about to ask if it smelled dusty. Oh, yes. Now, is my sense of smell starting to become a little more heightened? You, you do, in fact, as you take in um, a lung full of air. Um, you sense the dust, obviously, um, but then also smells like paint or oil down here, smell of turpentine. Yeah, there's definitely, I'm fairly sure that your um, yeah, your palate is maybe a little bit more sensitive than what it was. Hmm. I'm going to crawl on up into the basement, mm -hmm. out of the hole and into the basement. Gotcha. Yeah, as the um, as you close the lid behind you, see that there's there's some signs of what look like maybe bullet holes in the wall. But sometime in the distance, there was there was gunshots down here. Kind of odd. Mm. Just wanna 
Is there a, a, a light chain or a, a, any kind of lumen? I don't even know what time of day it is. I'm in the basement here. Is there, a... there is a, what you can see, the outline of a staircase on the far side of the room. And there is a pull string by that, that when you pull it, it takes a second, but then a single light bulb flickers into into being and you can see around the rest of the basement. Yeah. Nice. What, what, do what do I see? So there's, there's boxes, there's crates. Um, there's also uh, what looks to be a painter's easel over in one corner, um, a canvas, uh, a blank one set up on it with some old faded pencil lines around it and a uh, revolver set on a box next to it. Hmm. I'm just going to poke around in the kind of give it a little just a quick cursory uh poke around in the crates and as he said they might see something that i that i he so talked about cryptic, you know I, mean, I don't know what he was talking about so i'm gonna poke around and see if something just uh reaches out and grabs my fancy okay yeah there's there's a couple of places that you um you have a look around a couple of the boxes they look like regular storage boxes of paraphernalia like the just the accumulation of stuff that someone gets together over the course of their life, but then puts away like pots or um, uh, gravy boats. Yeah. Not lots of cutlery and other spare furniture and such, but I'm tucked away in one corner. You do see there's a couple more, this is covered over by sheets, a couple of canvases, which are up against the wall. Um, they're quite grim pieces of art. Um, some of them look like, particularly one that looks like standing near a hatch, um, which you then realise is the hatch in the corner of the room. Um, a ghoul figure clutching what seems to be flesh human remains and sort of tucking into them quite happily. Um, the picture seems very detailed, very high quality art um, and craft went into this. So evidently Richard was a uh, painter of some uh, some very uh, macabre skill. You know, normally that would freak me out a little bit, but I'm just looking at it thinking, yeah, it fits. Yeah, yeah for, for you it seems perfectly normal. In fact, it's a it's a picture of how life is now for you. Yeah, it's just kind of it, that's uh, you know like the uh, American Gothic. It's, it's just it's normal. <laughs> um, looking behind that to another photo, another painting though. This one seems to be a bit more. Um, not abstract, but a bit more, less realistic. As if it's not something that's like a figure posed for him. It's more either coming from his own imagination. So it's not quite as detailed and not quite as realistic. But the thing that makes you freeze is the fact that the building in the background looks very, very, very familiar. Uh, you have a photo of it with yourself holding a hand with that building in the background as if it's the same place but rather from where you would be in the photo, on the painting is a picture of um, a lady, a woman. Could be the same woman that the hand is there, but it's a hand, it's, it's hard to tell, it's abstract. But the woman is sat on a stool and has two other ladies close by. And between them there is a spinning wheel and they all seem to be pulling on a thread these three strands of thread which come together in the wheel and then form this long, complicated, spindling mass 
on the floor. Uh, you can give me a history or hard int roll. It's a 10, so let me see which one that will... If it's an intelligence roll, it's a uh, it's an extreme int roll at 60. Oh, there you go. An int roll. In which case, you something from way back in the recesses of your mind when it comes to the classics, um, this strikes a chord. Um, this is Roman rather than Greek, but whereas the Greeks would have called them the fates, I believe, uh, the morai rather in Greek, um, these are the, I'm going to probably butcher the pronunciation here, the passe, so the, um, the three fates with the figure that's, um, that's away where you would have been in the photo um, is Nor um, Norna or Nona, the equivalent of Clotho. So they are the, the weavers of the thread of fate. Hmm. And it, is that is it signed? Can I? It, am I sure that Richard painted this? Uh, in in the corner, you do see uh, a signature R U P. Okay. Hmm. I won't. Uh, actually, it, it's a canvas framed. Uh, with the wooden frame internal on the canvas? Yeah. And I just pop that and roll the canvas down to where it's more transportable. I don't need the frame, so I can actually just pop that off. I don't want to... I've got a long way to go still to get from Boston to New York. Oh, yes. And I don't want to be toting a <laughs> thing. You know, a whole picture around you. <laughs> exactly. So I'm just going to... I'll pop the canvas loose of the of the framing and roll that or roll and fold to where I don't tear it up too much, but yeah, I'd like to take that with me for just to, as a thing, but other, you know, just another glance. And if nothing else down here really catches my eye, I'd like to go upstairs. Nope, there's, there's nothing else down here. This, this seems to be the thing that you were directed to. Um, upstairs, when you get into the apartment itself or the ground floor apartment, it's deserted. There's nothing that's been here in years. There's dust sheets over what little furniture there is and uh, cabinets and so forth. Um, not difficult to, because the, uh, the door is locked, but for someone of your skill, not an issue to get out. And you emerge out into, at this point, what is in the middle of the night, a fairly deserted Boston street. Huh. Well, I wanna, I wanna make sure that I went run down and, and, and kill that light downstairs. I wanna leave his place pretty much like I found it. I don't want anybody to you know, mess it up. But I, if I can unlock it, then I'm pretty sure I can get everything locked back up from the outside. Yeah. It's not a curious place. Make sure it's doesn't get messed up. But I got to find out where the hell I'm at because uh, I know I'm in Boston, but, uh, you know, which way is up? Which way is New York? Yeah. Uh, after a while, you do find you're on the north side of the river. So you then have to cross over um, to then get back towards the, the south terminal. And from there, it's then just a straight ride back to New York. It takes you about five hours by train. So I'll show up in New York about uh, middle of the night, four eight. Like... Probably that's towards breakfast time. Uh. So where are you going? 
Uh, I'm just going to go back to my apartment and uh, because I've got a lot to un- unpack. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of a lot of shit up there and that, that all needs to, it's going to take me a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'll just lock my door and, and, and unpack my, myself because I think all my stuff was left in Borneo. Yep, unless uh, unless anyone else managed to grab it and put it back, uh, get it back on the plane. Which I'm, I don't think anybody said anything about it. So uh, <laughs> great. <clears throat> we might have grabbed everything with our gear. Yeah, a lot of it would be in the, uh, would still probably be in the truck. It was really just it was some it was the whites and uh, like a couple of extra shirts. I don't really pack too heavy. Everything's on me. You know, I got my septa right here and. Uh, Everything else now. I got a painting, septa. Sweet. It's it's when we noticed that uh, your name was embroidered on every piece of underwear. Neat little cross stitch. Well, it's it's in it's in elegant script actually. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I do have standards, sir. He sews that well. I do. Nimble fingers. Right. In the uh, otherwise, over the course of that evening, leading up to the morning when you get back, uh, Odd and Gerhardt, are you doing anything when you get back to the apartment? Mm. Oh, I don't think so. I'm so beat. Uh, did for you... myself? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say for myself, it's been about a week since I had a chance to meditate, so I definitely do that once I got settled in and talked with Odd. And then I wanted to, before I went to sleep, dig out those two tomes that I picked up, the Encyclopedia of Witchcraft and the Animal uh, Monster Compendium. I don't know. I forgot the exact term. And I plan on studying them until I can go to sleep. Do you want a late night snack? I could fix like some bruschetta or something. Oh, absolutely. All right. I'll I'll get some bruschetta and you, you read. Okay. Well, odds in the kitchen then. Can you give me a spot hidden roll in there? Oh, nine. Hmm. And the dice are definitely liking you tonight. Oh, yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, you might not like the result. Um, as you open up the some of the kitchen um, cabinets, I'm just looking through to find out where but where your bits are that you need. I imagine you're quite... Um, quite a person like with their tools will know exactly where everything is yeah and it's all labeled yeah some of your tins are uh, or herb uh, pots are turned the wrong way around someone has been in here and has been looking through your stuff why the hell would they look in my garam masala I'm going to start looking around the room to see if anything else is disturbed and with with that kind of role, I'll, I'll let it ride. Yeah, they, they've... Whoever's come in here has done a fairly good job of putting everything back the way they found it. Um, but just some things are just very slightly off. Yeah. Because they opened up the drawer, they saw the forks and spoons, they didn't even look, they closed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, things like they've pulled out tins to see if there's anything hidden behind them, but then when they put them back, they haven't quite got the orientation right. Some pillows are off at a very slight angle on the, on the sofa. Um, some books look as though they're maybe slightly further back against the, sh- um, the shelf than they should be. Do I so, have anything hidden in my apartment? Uh, like a, a cash or... 
extra ID. Is, is there stuff that you want to have hidden there? I'm trying to think if my character would be the kind of guy who would do that. Um, you know what? It's it's New York. He's probably he keeps uh, his cash in a cigar box, you know, inside the vent or something like that. Just you know, you never know. Somebody could break in. Obviously, somebody broke in. Mm -hmm. So I'm just gonna go check and make sure that's there. Okay. Let's see if I found it. Okay. Now you have a look where the air vent is. You take the box out, and in fact, looking at the vent, it doesn't look as though that has been disturbed since you last went to it. Idiots. All right. Put it back. So what were they looking for? How'd they get in? I'm going to go check the door lock, see if it got busted, or if they picked the lock. Again, letting your 09 ride, there are some very small what look to be scratches around the lock. It looks like it was picked. Yeah. Yeah, hot. We uh we got uh picked. I mean we got uh I don't think we got robbed. I just think somebody came in here looking for shit. I'm gonna look, is any of my stuff missing? You have you have a little look round. Um give me a spot hidden roll. Eighty seven out of fifty five I failed. You're pretty sure nothing's missing. I think all my stuff is here. I am going to do a sweep through the room. I don't know if there would be anything like a listening device at this point in time. But I'm going to see if anything like if they put something in here that shouldn't be there. Okay. Uh, doing a thorough sweep of the apartment probably takes you about half an hour to an hour. Okay. But oh shit, my bruschetta. <laughs> <laughs> with, with a quick pit stop for food because that is always important. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, almost <laughs> All right. It looks like you get a picture of what's happened here by the time you've gone through the whole apartment. Mm -hmm. Someone has come in here looking for something and they've done a thorough sweep of the, well, they think a thorough sweep of the apartment but evidently not found your, like, your stash. Nothing's been taken. It's as if they're, they've turned the place over and then put stuff back where they found it. Whatever they were looking for isn't here. They didn't if want they us to know that they'd been in here. Hmm. So it wasn't a regular robber, regular cop. I mean, a regular um, criminal. And nothing has been left either. So you don't find any of this. You don't find those things. Maybe we should go to the hardware store and get a 20-pound sledgehammer and hook it up to the door. Next person that comes through the door catches a sledgehammer to the face. Look who's inventing things now. Well, I'll leave the details to you, but... No, you know what? Um... I, I... All I can think of... See, only... I don't know. I have a funny feeling somebody from Caduceus snuck in here and did this. Only reason is because they were so fucking careful. They really didn't want us to know they'd been in here. They didn't count on my uh, my garam masala. They looked through my spices, thinking that I would have hidden stuff in there. Or Caduceus's counterpart, and we've been compromised. Somehow I think they would have just busted in and just ransacked the place looking for something. 
I don't know. You could be right. If they think they got away with it, they can come back at a later time without. The thing is, I ain't got nothing here. So they didn't find my cash. They probably weren't after cash. Yeah. They could have found my cash and just put it back. It didn't look like they deserved it, though. I think we might want to leave any valuables next time we go away at Caduceus. Yeah, put them in our offices or whatever we got there. Or well, hide them better. I want to find out though who's done this. I, I, I don't have any uh, forensic skills. Uh, maybe somebody can do some uh, fingerprinting. I don't know. I would have to contact a, a detective. I don't know. Let me look into it. Maybe I got a friend or something who might see if they can collect some stuff. Yeah. Some evidence that we don't see. If anyway, only you knew two bounty hunters that, you know, at the figure would are adept at tracking people down. Yeah, I, I wouldn't let the bounty hunters in my apartment. They, they shoot holes in the wall or something. Yeah. Connor would just laugh and laugh about it. Oh. But if you got any really valuable books, I'd be careful. Well, they didn't seem to want your books either. I'm gonna, yeah, but I think tomorrow when we go to Caduceus, well, I'm going to keep one of them on me at a time because I want to read these very intently. So I'll spend the next down all the downtime reading these books. Well, here's some bruschetta. <laughs> I, I pronounce bruschetta as bruschetta, um, but you know. I let um, mittens out of the backpack and I tell her, see if you could smell around. See if you smell anything unusual in here. You're just letting her out of the backpack now. Jeez. Well, <laughs> has, has a little bit of a sniff one way or the other. Um, does a circle around the apartment and then promptly jumps up onto a nice corner of a sofa. Uh, curls down, scratches a little bit. And then curls up and looks up towards you and just shakes the head. All right, then. But you, you, get, get, the, you get the impression that uh, Mittens has definitely claimed they're part of the sofa. But, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's Mittens' spot now. Some of my spice jars are jars. So the ones that are not in the correct position or they're turned or whatever, I'm going to bring some of those with me because they've got to be fingerprints unless they were gloves mm -hmm. having a look at it if you hold it up to the light yes there will be prints on there that you can All right, see excellent bring that to work with me tomorrow mm -hmm. okay so Gerhardt mentioned that you were going to do some meditation as well as hitting the books correct your meditation give me a power roll 63 out of 75 okay it takes you a little while to, to get into the zone to uh, gradually push the world around your way. Um, you're aware that there's obviously yourself, odd mittens, and something else in the apartment with you. I'm going to see if I can focus in on it, see if I can get any kind of vibration or reading off of it. All you get the impression of is cold, dark, and it's coming from Odd's pocket. Got it. So I'll finish the half hour meditation 
And once I come out of it, I'll I'll, I'll go over to find odd. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um. That stone you have. Oh, this thing in the box. I sense. Now, hear me out. I'm not saying it's a sentient being, but there's a life presence coming off of it. No shit. Yeah. When I was meditating, I could sense yourself, myself, the cat, and a dark, cold object coming from you, which could only be the stone in your pocket. You know, Magnus told us that that guy suddenly transformed into one of those slime creatures, the black slime creatures. What if he popped one of these in his mouth? Maybe that's that's what that thing is. But maybe that's a seed. Maybe. Or an egg or something. I think we need to show it to the queen. Yeah. Then show it to Caduceus, depending on what she says. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Let's just keep it locked up. And I don't think you can do anything in the box. I think that it has to be. Yeah, activated in some form. But just so you know, it's not just a stone. Yeah, all right. You're feeling like a life. Jeez, I don't want you. We had somebody break into our place, look around. We got some strange little thing in a box here. I'm feeling really difficult about sleeping tonight. You know, maybe they didn't take anything because what they wanted to take was our lives. Put some of those ants or cow chops at the door and the windowsill. You are a smart man. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Just don't, if you sleepwalk, don't walk on them. I don't, but I'm going to pet mittens and let her know, let him know. Don't touch them. Yeah, well, it's too big for a cat. Cat's going to just walk around them. And yeah, that's a good idea. I'm out of the way during the night. I'm going to put them in front of the... Put them in front of the window. Put them in front of the doors. That's a good idea. Yeah, I'll do exactly that. Now, I'm going to get to some reading because I don't think I could sleep too well tonight either. So, well, we got a we got a big day at Caduceus tomorrow. So try to sleep some. Oh, I will. Want some hot milk for the cat? I, I you know, I'll help you sleep. Um, yeah, cat, cat, I can give you some some milk. Yeah, we, we we veered between him and her for mittens. I'm I'm kind of almost going down the uh, the gross point blank route of saying I respect its privacy when it comes to uh, to what uh, what sex it is. So. Okay. Dogs are boys, cats are girls. <laughs> so yeah, no no one's dared kind of lift up the tail and find out yet. So. <laughs> but anyway, yep the the rest of the night passes fairly uneventfully. Um, thankfully, no one sleepwalks and uh, loses a foot. For having a look at the book, you can give me a read English roll. Yeah. Twenty out of seven seventy-five. Okay. Yeah, um, which one do you want to have a look at? The more beastery of the two or the one that's more witchcraft orientated? Uh the witchcraft one first. Okay. Having a look through, you're finally able to work out what the title of the book is. So even though it has no title piece, at least in the introductory sections, it does refer to the title. Uh, the book is called True Magic. Oh, nice. With a K at the end. Right. And it seems to be a 
either 16th or 17th century treaty on various West, uh, European, Western European magical traditions, um, looking at witchcraft practices between different covens, uh, different manifestations of the devil and the different masks that he wears. Um, that there are some of the rites are very detailed. Um, they have various names um, associated with them, like call forth the one or call forth wind demon, etc. So quite flowery titles. Um, but they do seem to have a very ritualistic, very step-by-step -step component approach that imply they could be rituals or spells. Um, there's four of them that you can identify off the bat. Um, they all seem to follow a similar kind of construction, that they are about calling creatures to you. Um, the word demon gets used a lot, but the way that it's describing them is that these are different creatures that, this, um, that these spells summon. But yeah, it's it's hard to identify exactly what they are. Right. Yeah, wing, winged creatures coming out of the sky, demons from the pits of hell. They they all seem to blur into one. All right. I'll just uh, over the course of the my downtime for the next few nights, I'll try and read in this whole book. Okay. Getting through, getting through the whole thing is definitely going to take a little while, so if right. you dedicate a couple of days to it, then you'll be able to get through the majority of the text. Um, it's then going to be going back over it again and again and rereading to then decipher where various important information is. But yeah, the, the book looks gen pretty genuine and definitely a period piece. Excellent. Right. Magnus, as you are going across to have a word with your... Uh, I was going to say mafioso friends, but definitely your acquaintance. Uh, yeah. El Elroy parks you up outside a building that you've uh, definitely been to before, knocks on the door, um, is, buzzed, is then buzzed open and lets you up and goes upstairs. Cassell is rather, let's say, perplexed and surprised to see you here. Just holds up a finger and just waves it at you and says, I am pretty sure you went on a boat surrounded by fruit and veg, so how the fuck are you back on my doorstep? Um, well, I'm going to take a sit, uh, seat, because I'm, I'm guessing I've got taken through to his office. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, um, gonna to take a seat, and uh, I'm going to fill him in. I'm going to tell him what went down. Okay. Um Give me a persuade roll, because <laughs> a lot of yeah. that is very fantastic if you're not holding anything back. <laughs> that is a 17, which is, uh, I'm going to spend seven luck. <laughs> so I base persuade. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, are there any parts you're omitting, or are you literally giving the yeah, whole so thing? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that instead of us getting teleported, uh, we got caught in some sort of storm of some kind, and we ended up there. And that uh, I'll say that the crew got hit with the the fever, which is why they're there. But I'm gonna explain that. Um, no, actually, I'm not gonna say it was a storm. I'm gonna say Caduceus were actually heading to that location with all the equipment. And I'm going to explain to them that it was equipment. It wasn't necessarily drugs and all stuff like that. Um, 
so I'm going to fill them in on that. I'm not going to talk about like the talking cat or, or any of that sort of stuff, but I'm going to say that possibly Caduceus are doing experiments on animals and may have some sort of mutant type things. And that could possibly be, um, I, basically I'm trying to, I want to try and convince them that whatever the warehouse out is at Red Hook could be extremely volatile and dangerous and um, needs to be eradicated. Mm. Okay, yeah, he looks at you with this just almost look of disbelief throughout the whole thing, just jaw hanging slack, thinking they, they have a boat that could get you halfway around the world and then get you back. They're carrying some kind of weird science shit and experimenting on animals. And then I'm going to go, I'm like, here, watch this. And I'm going to go to a window, open it, put my flamethrower arm on, stick my hand out the window. <laughs> and okay. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, he's just just doesn't blink he's just staring at you with these wide eyes and going where the hell can i get me one of them i'll make some calls for you yeah you, know you do a, that I know I, a guy. yeah i think uh whoever that guy is is going to be a friend of mine at the, within the next few days that that looks pretty pretty damn good yeah i'd find was a good friend to have for sure Right. Like he just you can see he's kind of looking off into the distance now, thinking and you can always hear the cogs turning. I'm gonna have to uh to make some calls. Uh obviously I'm gonna have to report back to uh to my boss who's then almost certainly gonna to want to have a word with Joe. Mm. Yeah, this is uh this is a little bit above my pay grade because I thought this like I said, we thought this was just drugs. Definitely not drugs, but whatever whatever is it red hook uh I think um, me and my team, I, I can try and convince them, but uh, maybe if you can lend me a few of your gents, we might uh, go go take a visit. He nods again. Yeah, let me, um, definitely let me run this up the flagpole first. Because I know right. Joe was uh, very reluctant to make a move, given we don't want to, we don't want to mess around with this until we know exactly what we're getting involved with. Even exactly. with... Even with like, the thanks of having you guys, no, 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 intense, uh, no disrespect intended. You're not our guys, so I appreciate you. They're not exactly dis um, not exactly just disposable, but it wouldn't be a direct connection with us. Even even so, we don't want you running around in there without. We want to know what's in there, but we don't want to just go running in blind. So yeah, let me have a word with my boss. He'll have a word with Joe. We'll get some kind of decision for you, and then when when that time comes, we'll we'll ask for a chat, and then decide what the plan is from there. Right. You good with that? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Okay. Well, oh, you're welcome to crash here, or if you want to uh, for me to call you a cab, I can get you back across town. Yeah, I'll head back to the uh, to mine and Connor's place, and uh, I've got a bit of work to do. Mm -hmm. Right. On that note, then the evening draws to a close. Which, by the time morning comes, um, Johnny is uh, staggering back to his apartment, uh, odd and odd, fast asleep by this point. 
Magnus has uh, just about crawled in, and Gerhard's been re up reading all night. And Connor is having his nice little hallucinogenic fever dream for um, until the end of the next day. Oh, over the you've got at least twenty four hours that are passing till everyone's synced up. What is everyone doing the next morning? Well, I'm gonna head over to the the lab and got three things on my agenda. One is the outside, I'm gonna work on fixing that machine. It's not a big deal. I wanna check the fingerprints, see if Caduceus maybe has a fingerprint expert that can help. If not, I'll, I'll see what I can do. And then uh, the other thing is I wanna take a look at this. Oh, we gotta ask about that little rock. I'll do that with uh, Gerhardt. Gotcha. Okay, so Gerhardt and are heading to Caduceus headquarters. Magnus? Um, I'm probably going to um, look through some of my paperwork for Loftus Hall um, and write some new notes about ghouls um, and things like that. And like, because obviously I would have written what the things I saw, so I'm, I'm putting a name to the, to the creatures um and so and so forth um and putting my making sure i, I get to uh, gear hard round at some point to to maybe have a look through my files and see if there's anything that he can see that maybe i missed um and i also when i was healed up um obviously the bullet that was in my gut um i i've got it so I'm going to um, drill a hole through the bullet, through the slug, put a chain through it, and put, um, put it in my pocket. Um, and yeah, then I'll probably uh, kind of assume that the guys are heading back to, the, to Caduceus. So I'm sure Caduceus will be wanting me to update them on, my, on what they set me off to do. So I'll be dropping in there and making sure I'll take a change of clothes for Connor um, and stuff like that as well. Okay, so you'll be heading on to the main building a little later. Yeah. And Johnny, yeah, after a couple of hours sleep, you feel pretty fine. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, I'm actually going to head down to, to Gadusius as well. I, since nobody's seen me, I'll, uh, I'll try to slip down and have a little fun with these guys. Mm -hmm. Oh, for someone as sneaky as you, that is not a problem. So you can uh, you can definitely get in, get into the sub basements without any problem. Perfect. 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 Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, go on. The uh, now it's odd. Odds down in his workshop again, right? Yeah. Same place. Mm -hmm. What is off my snake hand? gloved just have the old snake fingers there and uh sl slide in right behind him and do the shoulder thing where when he turns all he sees is the serpent hand that works uh, what, what the fuck johnny how the how the hell are you alive well uh you didn't really think I was going to give up that quick, did you? Uh, how did you... 
how you must have gotten out of the jungle before the bomb went off, huh? Ended up in a tunnel to Boston. Borneo to Boston by foot. Don't know. Couldn't tell you. Um, ended up with a painting of my mother's. I don't know. Possibly my mother's. Oh my God, Johnny. I don't care. I'm going to hug you. <laughs> oh my God. We've got to tell everybody you're here. Yeah. They'll see. They'll come. They'll come around. Oh my God. Oh my God. We thought you were dead. We thought those things taking you up in the sky and dropped you somewhere in the jungle. Yeah, I, they did. They did. They, but uh, once I got there, there was uh, there was plenty of uh, plenty of ghouls. My ghoul friends were there, and uh, they kind of took me under their little flesh-eating wing. Well, I'm glad you got out in time because for ten miles all around, there's nothing there but a crater now. No, no. I was in a weird place. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, you made my day. Now I can't walk because I can't think of anything else to do. Yeah. You hungry? Uh, no, you know, it, that, you know that's, that's a funny thing. I'm not sure exactly what I crave now. Oh, geez. You want a ham sandwich? <laughs> Any finger foods? <laughs> I'm still mad at you that you did that. I don't know what, how to deal with. You could follow Connor around and just eat the bodies that he leaves in his wake because he leaves a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. It's usually how you can tell where it's been. Probably eat steak, but you like it raw. I could probably get away with that one. That'd be okay. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't believe you're here. I got to call Gerhardt. I got to call the others. Yeah. Yeah. Where? Uh, what about Connor? I thought he got the yellow nastiness. Yeah, you know what? They gave him some sort of drug and they took him into the medical facility and we can't see him for a couple of days. Oh, but he's good? He's alive? Oh, he was flying high, so they said they're going to take care of him. I think he's going to come out of it looking like a lizard. Well, you know, that's not half bad. Yeah, well, you got a hand. He's got the whole thing. Find out what his lizard dick looks like. Well, I, I don't think I'll look there, but... Communal challenge, um, you know. I. Oh my God, I'm just so glad you. I'm going to call Gerhard. Yeah. Call Gerhard. Gerhard. Okay. I would be in the library. So. Gerhard, get your ass down to the, the lab. I close up the book and I come down with the cat mm -hmm. and uh, come. Holy shit. And then I say greetings and ghoul to you. Hey, I don't speak ghoul, I don't think. <laughs> well, let, let's see if that let's see if that is actually the case. Give me an int roll. I don't One. know what Magnus is. One. I guess I speak ghoul. One D ten. Here we go. Six. Yeah, you've got a few words here and there that instinctively you seem to know. Yeah. Well, Meep to you, Gerhardt. <laughs> I come over, bring it, give him a hug. Bring it Thought in. you were dead, you bastard. Ah, I just needed, I had a long walk. Had a flight, uh, flew with a faceless black oily thing that kept trying to tickle me with its tail. 
And that's just before I got out of Boston. <laughs> Boston? Well, yeah, I walked from Borneo to Boston. There's tunnels everywhere. It's it's really a... It's a strange I take out my notebook and I start taking notes. It's all by smell, Gerhardt. You just got to sniff. You know, you just got to sniff the hole, and if it's good, you go in it. Hi, Shirley. Yeah, do you know where Magnus is? Yeah. Would you tell him to come down here? Tell him that... Uh, there's something that, that won't die down here. Yep, just tell him. No, he'll understand. No, come, just tell him. Uh, just tell him. Jesus Christ. Magnus receives a call then, as you're just about finishing up with uh, putting a chain through your bullet. Yeah. <laughs> just say there's something that won't die. Okay. Probably your brother. <laughs> I make sure he's gonna to read stand that really badly. Yeah, I make sure to stand far away from the door and have the cat with me. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna be. We like, probably better make sure that we grab his gun when he walks in the door, so he doesn't shoot. Um, so yeah, I'm yep. just gonna be barging yep. through the uh, through the laboratory door, obviously with uh, with some one of my guns. Um, up at the ready and just sort of dive rolling in and then kind of coming to a to a stop ready to kind of blast away whatever's um whatever's not dying don't shoot he's alive i thought you said there's something that won't die i thought there was gonna be like a giant snake or something in here yeah no well it's a kind of an undead i don't know what you are anymore johnny so i'm gonna put Angel the gun down of death can't put die. the gun down, go up and, and put my hand out for Johnny. Um, shake his hand. We're like, good to have you home. Good to be home. <sighs> I do hope you boys play nice, though. Oh, we're uh, good. Then I'm going to um, look at Gerhard and I'll be like, oh, uh, Gerhard, I, I made something for mittens. And uh, I pull out my little bullet on a chain and it's got mittens written on the bullet, like a little <laughs> collar. <laughs> I uh, see. Does if she you like it? Yeah. She likes it. Oh look, I shaved. Yeah, it looks good. Well, you got kind of singed there at the end, yeah. Yeah, half of it was burnt, and you saw me running though like this, so nothing would happen. You probably did have a couple of uh, double takes from the security guards when you came in that, that say, "Hang on a minute, who are you?" <laughs> yeah, I protected my book. Well, now the only one we got to worry about is Connor, and he seems to be under quarantine or whatever they've got him under. And uh, we ain't going to see him for a couple of days. You uh, lads seen the, the Queen yet? No, that's what I planned on doing next. Uh, well, yeah, I, we've got to figure out what this to, thing is. That thing you I found? I wouldn't mind meeting her. Yeah, yeah, the, the little ball. Yeah, that's... Uh, Gerhard seems to sense that there's something alive about it. And I'm okay, afraid, I'm afraid, what's that? You still have the box? Yeah, yeah, I've got it right here. The thing uh, is, gonna... we think that that guy might have swallowed one of those, and that's what came out of his insides. Do I remember seeing him, like, put anything in his mouth or anything like that? No, um, you think back to the, the moment where stuff happened, 
And you remember him muttering something to himself because you asked him any last words and he said, I've just said them. And at that point, he started to change. You don't remember anything going in his mouth. All right, so I'm going to reiterate that to um, yeah. like, uh, the guys and I'll be like, sort of like, he didn't swallow any, but he, st- he muttered something. Uh, and then I go like that. Don't say it if you remember it. Right, no, I can't remember what he said, but um, I mean, there's a there's a pretty quick, easy way to work out what what this thing is. Yeah, we asked the queen; she'll know. No, but there's another way. Yeah, no, give it back to me now but, before you swallow it. No, 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 I'm it. not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Here, Johnny, catch. <laughs> <laughs> was it was it the same creature that uh, we saw out in the woods down in? Uh, yeah, we could have used your flute, but. They burnt the shit out of it. That's... I'll tell you what. I've actually got it with me here. No, we're in my lab. I don't want to wreck my lab. We won't, but I'm sure you have to play more than one note. So if we just put it down and we just barely blow on the flute. No. no I was going to say, Johnny, just no. do, your, uh, do your mind reading trick thingy and find out what's connected to the thing. Oh, yeah. I don't think yeah. that's a good idea either because you might hurt yourself. That's fine. It's just a brain. You can't die. You can't die now. <laughs> I've got eternal life. <laughs> One of these days, somebody will listen to me before they destroy everything around us. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I'm getting near the door. Okay. He owes me. He shot me in the stomach. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Psychometry on the on the black marble. Life. Okay. Right. Give me a roll. Ready to run. 98. And... I've seen some freaky shit in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> Remind me to take you to Queens. Always one d six plus four. That's uh, a cheap one. Five. Okay, so it doesn't take too long for you to focus in on this thing. Uh, as you do so, the lights in the lab do flicker slightly. No, it's just a circuit breaker. Sorry. Ah, uh, right. No worries. Just ominous timing. You are certain as you grab hold of this thing and you focus in on it. This is some kind of communication device. But this doesn't talk to like another certain person. This talks to something remarkably powerful. Like beyond any power level that you've touched or experienced so far. And you do have an idea of how to activate it if you so wish. Hmm. I'll, uh... How is that? Uh, you effectively concentrate on it and you focus your will into establishing a connection to make contact with the entity that this is because this is a part of if you think of it it's almost like the seed of an entity that can be used to then contact it. Now, now do I recognize this entity of, as maybe the dark entity that I'm a, a patron of at this point? Similar power level, but not the same thing. Okay. In fact, actually slightly more powerful than that. I got the weak entity. <laughs> All right. All right. Your first meep. Me. <laughs> It looks like Aww. he knows how to swear in me. <laughs> it sounds a bit All like right. All right. No. Yeah. Uh, so I'll um, 
I'll pass most of that on. Not, not how to turn it on. Yeah, yeah, okay. Put it in the box. I'll pass the rest of the stuff on to, to everybody else, but not how to turn it on. Yeah, <laughs> put it in the box. Well, uh, you're I saying don't think you want to be given a communication device to the queen. I think we need to ask her what... what yeah, she said that the good ones communicated with one god and the, evil, the other side communicated with another, the Sagua. So that might be a link to Satagua. The what? The queen. Well, we don't know for sure. The god the of the dark night, sir. Yes. The, the, when, the... when Gerhardt mentions that name, yeah, that there's whispers and such that circulate around using this, and that word Safogwa strikes a chord. Huh. We got a communication device to, to talk to God, but not the God that we want to talk to. That is the one that's bent on destroying humanity. You know, I'm starting to think between us, we need to keep a lot of this shit a secret. Even from until we're sure we know what side uh, the, the head of Caduceus is on, what side the queen is on, we need to keep this shit to ourselves. You think? Yeah, uh -huh. I should probably also uh, let you know, I may have offered our services um, to go and check something else out at Red Hook at some point, if it comes up. You offered our services to what? To who? To some people, uh, some, some benefactors um, who are interested. In, well, Caduce, I told you, Caduceus have got a a warehouse out at Red Hook that seems a bit suspicious. So, uh, oh, yeah, you wanted to that maybe we could, that. yeah, we can also work out whether or not Caduceus are on the up and up or, uh, but yeah, so if that comes up, I'll uh, let you know. Maybe that's a good idea. Yeah. But don't go telling our stuff to other people. Nobody's no, going to believe you anyway for crying out loud the shit that we've seen. I'm only given the information that needs to come okay. across. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, I was trying to arrange to speak with the queen. Let's see if she would be willing to speak to a few, if not all of us. And maybe you guys can get a better read than I'm getting. Or maybe you could. I wouldn't mind up. meeting her properly because last, when you guys got her, I was asleep. So. Oh, that's right. You were snakeified. Yeah. So now your brother's being dead. snakeified in a real way. Um, exactly. Do think she can be an extremely important asset for us to keep on our good side. So I please be on your best behavior. You know, we don't have to tell her that we have one of these things, but we could tell her that when we, when we saw the, saw one. the snake man, that he was using some sort of object to communicate mm. with something. If I could tell it had power, she will know as soon as we walk in the room with it, that we have it. Well, I'm not going to take it in there then. We're going to leave it here in the lab. I'm going to put it someplace secret. You're not going to do the whole box in an air vent thing, are you? Everybody in this whole city does that. No, he'll put it under his mattress. <laughs> I never thought of that before. I, I look right at Otto and I'm like, Fuck. <laughs> I know, I'll just switch to under a floorboard. Nobody would ever do that. No, just carve out a Bible. That's I'm true. not going to carve out a Bible. That's sacrilege. 
It's more like woodworking. I, I'll combat some other book, but not the Bible. Yeah, and have some respect for people's religious beliefs. Gerhardt's got a ton of books. Carve out some of his. I go white, like greenish. <laughs> Here, this is necronomic something. Here, carve that out. <laughs> a cookbook. I could just get an old cookbook. There is a knock at the door into the lab. And you can see a head kind of poke around the corner um, that you've seen before. Uh, Philip Connors, the quartermaster. Hey, Philip. Uh, hello there. Um, we've got a quick uh, message uh, message for you guys. Um, I, as I, we heard you were back in the building. Uh, yep. Gonsalves would like a debrief, if possible, okay. uh, about your last flight out to wherever it was, um, Borneo, I think. Uh, we've got one of the meetings prepped on the uh, on the seventeenth. So if you want to head up there, we can uh, have a good chat. You're the right. quartermaster, correct? Yes. Yeah. I yeah. take out one of my knives and I'm like, these things suck. I need something that's gonna help. I, I I'm shit with a gun. I need some better knives, please. I almost got killed. Oh. These these are like toothpicks to the things you sent us up against. Me? I don't. I don't send. Well, as a whole. Give me a luck roll. All right. Can you tell him we'll be there in 10 minutes? 59 oh. out of 84. Okay. He looks at you and nods. Yeah, actually, there is something I can uh, I can think of. Give me a, give me a few minutes and I'll, I'll run upstairs and I'll, I'll grab something if I can find it in the storeroom. Yeah, yeah, give, give me a minute. Hey, you sure. can hear it wander off. Hmm. You ask him for, for fancy knives. Yeah. Who else am I going to ask? Oh, some no luck. one. No one. Yeah, Nobody would ever one. make you or give you some crazy fancy knife that does all sorts of things like butter your bread and you know, you reckon they, pick they your nose. And, I, well, fine, I mean, fine. I fine. talked about it on the flight. Hold on, hold on. I got to hide this somewhere. Shit. That's a perfect vent. Oh. Do you have any tape? Like masking tape? I have blue tape and I have painter's tape and I have uh, it's right over here. Uh, electrical tape. Uh, hey, give me give me the box. No, I can give you. You're gonna swallow it or something. Um No, I'm not gonna I'll, I'm I'll, gonna I'll a find a really I'm gonna find a really good place. I've got roller tape. But get, get under one of the tables and just stick my hand out and be like, give me the box. I'm going to duct tape it to the You probably get the down table. there and find that I've got seven other things hidden underneath there. Um, uh, I'm going to yeah. use that idea. I'm going to hide it behind the filing cabinets. Take one of your screwdrivers, hollow out the handle, and make a screw top for it. We're cool. We're cool. It's hidden. All right. Already? Yep. Just as you're pulling out, um, pulling away from the filing cabinet, then um, you can hear Philip comes back into the room carrying a box. Uh, looks about yay big, so almost like a cigar case. Um, yeah, as you passed your luck roll, can you roll two d10? A seven and a five, or okay, okay. A total of total thirteen. Okay. Um, he says, "I'm sure we've lost a couple somewhere, or someone's got them out, but." 
I don't think anyone else really needs or really asks for these anymore. So if these are any help, then he hands over the box. We'll take it and open it up. Okay. There's a selection of 15 slots. So two of them are empty. But then in the others, they don't look like knives per se, but they look like very thin, almost needles, um, that are slightly weighted at one end and then go to a very sharp tip at the other. But when you pick them up, they, they actually feel surprisingly heavier, so they would have a bit of weight to throwing them. Um, but look like uh, spiraling serpents with their mouths open at the weightier end. Nice. These Great. are beautiful. You can knit me a scarf. Philip <laughs> 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 uh, uh, just looks like stone-faced. But they certainly are not knitting needles, gentlemen. Those uh, those flying fangs are remarkably remarkably potent. You you don't flying want to fangs. You, you are don't they want poisonous? to certainly prick them. Yes. Ah, really? Yeah, they they don't inflict so much damage per se when you um, when you use them to hit the target, but they'll they'll almost certainly um, paralyze them for for a fair while. Thank you. Well, there's one much. way to test that out, Johnny. Yep. <laughs> You're a snake. You're correct. <laughs> I wonder if I'm immune to this stuff. That's what I was thinking. Because that's who we're probably going to be using them on, so we'd be good to know if they are effective enough. If There's not, we doctors. can just wait for Connor. There's doctors here, isn't there? Let's, yeah, true. Let's just trust that everything works the way that it's supposed to work and never malfunctions. Adi, I can just prick my finger with it. I'll prick my snake hand finger, and if I can't move my finger anymore, then they work. Yeah. Haven't you tempted death enough this week? I'm an, I, I cannot be killed. That's that's what the man said just before he died. Well, he believed it all the way till it was too late. Don't you people are orders. too reckless. Are you wanting to prick your finger then on one of these? Only I because, just, only because I you on, I don't... I'm doing this because I shot you and I feel bad. So I'm going to just take it and with my serpent hand, I'm just going to boop. Hey, can you give me a hard con roll, please? I'm going to snatch it out of his hand so that he doesn't fall on it. 70. I'm after, ready to catch after he's, Johnny pr if he after he's pricked his finger. 70 on 70. So yeah. That is not a hard roll. Okay, uh, roll 1d6. One. Okay. Uh, he grabs hold of it, pricks his finger as said, and then within about a couple of, uh, within about a second, a second and a half, falls back, flat on his back, still holding the pin in one hand and his finger up in the, uh, in the same hand, completely paralyzed. It lasts one round, and at that point, you come back, uh, you start to be able to feel movement again. But you do wonder, how the hell am I on the floor? All right, let's go for the debrief. I'll carry him and I'll pick up Johnny and walk out the door. Thank you. We could have had fun with him. We could have painted You probably can't face. get the needle out of his hand because it's frozen shut. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be like a board. <laughs> uh, we'll just wait until it wears off in a minute. 
You need to turn him if you're going to go through the door. You can't go through with the body going this way. No, I'm using his feet to open the door. Like, you know, it's pushing. Let's go up to the debrief. I'll stand him up in the elevator. (laughs) This goes for, we'll do this as a bit of a montage sequence, because what is going to happen here, the debrief, um, you're met with Gonsalves, who wants to take you through every minute piece of detail throughout the whole Borneo encounter in triplicate. Mm, uh, no this problem. time just drags and drags and drags for almost the entire day until he looks at the clock and then goes, uh, if you can spare me a few minutes, I've got uh, something I need to do. Which point when he goes downstairs and has can his... Can we like, all take a pee break? Come on. Yeah, you, you can take breaks over the day. You're brought tea, coffee... Uh, various safe finger food. Uh, you are brought uh, bits and pieces to eat throughout the day, so they do keep you uh, keep you well fed. But yeah, they, they are going into a lot of minutiae. I like him; he's he's thorough. Mm-hmm. And that's the point where he then goes down to meet Connor and says, "Yeah, keep your um, keep yourself out of danger. Keep yourself uh, not wanting to uh, say not not in the way of any harm. Don't step in front of any buses or cars." Um, your friends are upstairs. If you want to join them, we're just wrapping up the uh, the debrief on uh, on North Borneo. And he's frozen completely. <laughs> did 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 he get a hold of one of those needles? Oh, there he is. Ah, <laughs> I was going to say we didn't we didn't give you a pinprick there. <laughs> yeah, no. Just the second you started talking to me, it just like ah locked up. Like oh, the timing, of course. I'll re- recap, you're basically saying that, yeah, as don't step in front of any buses mm-hmm. and so on. Your friends are upstairs. We're just going over the last bits of the debrief for North Borneo. So if you want to join them and catch up, I'm sure they'll be glad to know that you're okay. Oh, yeah. Yep. 100% good. Fully, fully conscious. Right. Okay, so yeah, as you are waiting for. Uh, waiting for Gonzalez to come back. Um, door opens and Connor steps in. Connor, remarkably normal. Welcome you back. Good. Hey. Connor. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. Hey, Johnny. Hey. I got a bag. Uh, I want to change of clothes for you, Connor. Oh, how sweet of you. I want to have a really good look at him. Spectacular. If you want to make it weird, <laughs> <laughs> I want to look at his eyes. Okay, give me a give me a spot hidden roll. You don't look any different. Forty nine. Uh, I missed it by one point actually, so I'm gonna spend the one point of luck. Okay. Yeah, looking at him, there's nothing that immediately strikes you as being out of the ordinary, apart from yeah, his, his skin's rather dry, but other than that, looks like you need some moisturizer. But okay. I'm, I'm Connor. I was. I wanted to see a lizard version. Well, <coughs> they call it hybridization, not lizardization. Okay, relax. All right. Well, we're glad to have you back. 
Yep. Well, wasn't gone that long. You missed the fun. We had we've been in here for hours and hours going over all this that went on. I guess we're gonna be back. I don't know if he's coming back to ask us more questions. Well, maybe by the time he gets back, I'll regain feeling in the, this part of my face. You know, we have these. Uh, Gerhardt just got some new pins. Yeah, it's some acupuncture. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that should regain the muscle structure, the muscle reactions in your face. If you want to try those, I want to do a psychology roll. <laughs> <laughs> Detect the bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a seventy nine psychology. I don't. Oh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a 13. That's an extreme success. Good, because you should get a bonus. Dice. So, so, so I'll, 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 I'll play along. I'll take one of their needles, and then I'm going to jab Johnny with it. Uh, again? <laughs> uh-huh, relax the muscles. Okay, are you jabbing particularly forcefully, or are you trying to pull your punch? I don't know really what they are, so I'll I'll jab him. Okay, give me a fighting brawl roll. Well, that's a twenty-five. That's a hard success. Okay, I think that's gonna be, it's gonna be a surprise uh, attack. So it's more of a quick jab, but it's not a it's not a not what we call the impaling attacks. It's not an extreme. So um, yeah, you can roll one d three. Uh, three. Okay, that's actually this is quite painful. Uh, so Johnny takes three points of damage, and then give me a hard pawn roll. <laughs> I, in fact, it would uh, it would be plus damage bonus as well if Connor's got it. So that would be one more damage. Okay, so four in total. So definitely a hard con roll. Oh no, you shit! <laughs> but you guys are playing with these like, toys now. Ninety-six out of seventy, so I failed. <laughs> I one d six again. <laughs> Fantastic. One again. Yay. He's only out for one round, but again, it's uh, I, I try to catch him before he hits the ground. I'm gonna, uh, he's obviously bleeding at this point, so I'm going to try and do first aid on him because it's just a little prick. 3.4 points of damage. Yeah, that, that no, went no, no. in. Connor's a big prick. Yeah, that's more like a, someone stabbed you with a pen or a small stock of stiletto. Yeah, you can give me a first aid check. Oh, sorry. Was that a little bit too hard? Sorry, it's still coming out of me. Uh, They're poisoned. Coming out of it. Oh. 53 out of 52. I'll spend a luck point. Yeah, Ger Gerhard was saying that his, his throwing knives were like toothpicks, so uh, Philip went and got him something cool, and he gave him a bunch of knitting needles, which got little teeth on the back of them, and then they're, they're poisonous, so we double-checked by having Johnny test it, and yeah, they, they can paralyze you. Hmm. That'll be a 1d4 from Gerhardt to see how much you've got back. Two. Okay, so, yeah, you, you're able to staunch some of the bleeding, but, yeah, it still stings a bit. Oof. I grabbed you muscles uh, relax, Johnny? I put it back in the box, and I put it in my backpack, and I, I tighten it and tie it up. What okay. a team. <laughs> Yeah, the door opens, and Gonsalves walks back in, looks around at the maybe the people standing around, chairs moved to one side, 
box full of uh, flying fangs open. Sort of raises an eyebrow and says, everything okay in here? Yeah, same old, same old. Ah, okay. You're good. Boys will be boys. Johnny's a little <laughs> stiff from the flight. Listen, we've told you everything that we know. We got some questions for you, though. Um, oh, especially okay. me, but it's not something we can go over here. I mean, you seem to know a lot about this. You, you, uh, 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 we got to talk. Hmm. I want to, I want to, I want in on some of this shit that you know. Yeah, we have, well, we definitely seems like we may have some time to talk. Um, I've just got off the phone with the, uh, with the boss, in fact, uh, with Mr. Needham. Um, hmm. It seems like there's something potentially going on that we might want your services with, but he's he's holding back for a moment. He wants to make sure on some facts. So he's asked if you don't leave town uh, for a few days. So yeah, it looks like we're going to have some time on our hands. All right. That's not a problem. And on that note, we will leave it for tonight. That's a good spot. Our players included John Byram, Morgan Llewellyn, Jason Melanchuk, Zane Fleming, and myself, Matthew Sanderson as Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing up to four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh together with all the members of our gaming club inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure in the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck. Good game. Good game.